So we're in a series called Hey Young World. Last week we preached a message, uh, Hey Young World Week 1. And the title of last week's sermon was, I'm Closer Than You Know. Who received last week from the Lord? This is a series of what God has to say to the young world. Is anybody 35 and under in the room tonight, 30-ish and younger? Young world is in the house. God has something to say to you um, tonight. And uh, last week was, I'm closer than you know, that God is knocking on the door of our hearts. And God is a gentleman. We have to let him in. Who received last week? We have to let him in. Sometimes, remember the example when someone knocks on your door or rings the doorbell when you're not expecting nobody. You start, like, being quiet. You start hiding. And some of us play that with God because we don't want him inside of our house because there's probably something that he's against that we're comfortable with. That was last week. Tonight, I've got a sermon really I've been ready for this series since March of this year. Been super excited to preach it. Um, and tonight's sermon is titled, Go Be Great. This is a prophetic sermon to your life. This is God speaking into you right now. Go be great. Um, funny story. I remember one time I was uh, talking with some friends and uh, there was a, a girl that was in our friend group and and um, how many of you guys know, like, when your car doesn't have a tree, you guys know the, the, the scented trees? Something's different when your car doesn't have one and when your car does have one. Don't you feel, like, extra when you got a freshly open pack of trees in your car? Anybody? Anybody use the trees? I know a lot of people use the, the vent, the air vent thing. Yeah, those are cool. But, man, I'm a tree guy. You know what I mean? Like, I, I go vanilla. I love the vanilla scent. You know what I mean? And, and I remember one time, I remember one time I was hanging out with some friends and, and you know when you walk into a conversation a little bit at the wrong time and you have no idea what context is happening, you just kind of walk in. I walk in and one of the girls in my friend group is talking to a bunch of friends and she goes, I like black guys. And that's when I walk into the conversation and I'm like, she had a boyfriend and he was Puerto Rican. So I'm like, you like black guys? then why is your boyfriend Puerto Rican? If your boyfriend heard you right now, you know, one of those, like, wait, yo, check, check your girl, bro. No, no, no. As I leaned in a little more, they were talking about the trees. She said, I like black ice. You know the tree, one of the flavors, one of the flavors, one of the scents for those trees, I like vanilla. One of them are black ice. Who has black ice in their car right now? Look at that. Wow. Black eyes. So when I walk in, I thought she said black guys. She said black eyes. I thought she said black guys. I would have started this whole drama between her and the relationship, right? I would have just messed it all up. Why did I bring that story? Because I heard something, but she was saying something else. And tonight when God is saying to you, go be great, God's not saying great the way you think it is. Tonight's sermon is not for you to leave with like 10 business ideas and like I'm ready to be an influencer and I'm ready to to like go on a TV show and I'm ready to make a billion gazillion dollars and God has a different idea what great is. Uh, my first idea is that God defines greatness differently than the world does. So when God impressed on me in March to tell the young world to be great, I think tonight for half the sermon we're going to be talking about what greatness looks like to Jesus versus what greatness looks like to the world. And a lot of us are coming in here, and we haven't been saved that long. We haven't been at church for our whole lives. So greatness for us just, just feels like, you know, being famous or being rich or being influential when Jesus has an exact opposite idea of what greatness is. So I think my, my assignment tonight is to kind of show you through Scripture, through the Bible, what Jesus means by being great. And when we understand what he means, I don't know about you, but black guys and black guys are two completely different things. And sometimes you can leave the church believe in one thing for your life and without discernment and the Holy Spirit it's exact opposite to what God was trying to tell you go be great I want to read from the book of Mark chapter 10 we're going to bounce around the Bible but this is really what the verse is kind of encompassing the entire message this is the book of Mark so this is the gospel of Mark this is the New Testament uh, it's one of the disciples he's writing about literally literally Jesus's words um so if you have a physical Bible this would be the part in your Bible text that has red lettering meaning this is the the actual words of Jesus. This is Jesus' words. And in Mark chapter 10, verse 48, Jesus says, whoever wants, wants to become great. Anybody want to be great in here? 
I, I never really met someone, yeah, I just want to live an ordinary life. And, like, when I'm dead, no one remembers me. You know, I just want to be here and there and then out of everywhere. I've never really met people like that. I've met people that just want to do something great. And they're probably a little depressed because they haven't found an avenue or an area in which they can perform to be great. And they're probably in between. And maybe what's making a lot of people and young adults feel frustrated is because they haven't seen an opportunity to be great yet. And they haven't found a rhythm in greatness. This is what Jesus says. Whoever wants to become great amongst you must become a servant. I could drop the mic and I could bless you out right now and that's it. <laughs> We're done. But I'm going to break it down because a lot of us we haven't really been in church that much. So I'm going to break down what servant looks like. And, and, and here's what I'm trying to say. Greatness is equal to service. Greatness is equal to service. In your relationship, is it all right or is it great? Because I promise you the distance between all right and great is service. I got off the stool. It's about, it's about to get there. Your relationship, is it, is it hanging? Is it hanging on the edge? Because maybe the distance between mediocre and great is the bridge of service. And I don't know about you, but a lot of times naturally we want other people to cross the bridge to us rather than getting down and crossing the bridge to go to them. Greatness is equal to service. Here's the world's view. This, how, this is the world's view. Greatness is having servants. That's, that's how the world sees greatness. So if I were to say go be great, automatically, without any kingdom perspective, without any Jesus view of the world, without any kingdom-minded, God-minded thinking, we automatically think, oh, yeah, greatness is having servants. Remember when you were a kid and you're like, I can't wait to be rich and wealthy one day so that I can have a bunch of servants. I don't have to wash the dishes. I don't have to cook. Some, some of us still think that way. I don't have to do the laundry. I mean, I just want to get to a place one day where I can just have servants and they can serve me. That's what greatness is. Can I talk about heaven's view? Heaven's view says that greatness is being a servant. Being a servant. Being a servant. I probably lost half the room because you thought you were getting encouraged tonight. But can I tell you that serving is actually very encouraging. If you have not served in your life yet anyone, anything, or something bigger than yourself, you're missing out on what fulfillment is. God's idea is not to make you happy. God's idea is to make you fulfilled. God's idea is not to make you happy. God's idea is to make you fulfilled. Happiness is attached to a moment, it's attached to circumstances. Fulfillment means even in and out of season, good day, bad day, I'm still being used to the capacity that God's called me to do something. I promise you that is servanthood. It's not so much having servants. Let's look at Luke, another gospel, another disciple. Luke chapter 22, verse 27. For who is greater, Jesus says, the one who reclines at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at the table? No, no, no. It's the one who serves the table. It's the one who serves the table. This is why we have moments in church where we recognize volunteers. You guys remember just a few weeks ago we brought up Gracie up here and we said thank you for all your service. Why did we do that? How many of you guys love Gracie and all the volunteers we recognize? All the, all the people we bring up here. Why did we do that? Because it's... Like, the world likes to recognize the CEOs and forget the, the little guys. In the kingdom of God, the little guys are the big guys. The ones who serve the table are the great ones. So what Jesus is doing, Jesus is establishing a kingdom culture. Against the world culture that we live in, Jesus is establishing something. So I want to try to help you because tonight might be the worst sermon you've ever heard. If you don't see the value in serving, tonight might be the worst sermon you've ever heard in your entire life. Why? Because serving is under you. You're above serving. Maybe you walked in here tonight and you're like, I'm above serving. Listen, if you are too good to serve, you're no good at all. I'm not talking serving the way you're thinking. We're going to break it down. But let me remind you, this next point is crazy. The biggest enemy to service 
is self-centeredness. The enemy to service is self-centeredness. In other words, this is my world, this is my worldview, this is my life. I don't have to serve anyone, I'm serving myself. And this is how the world operates and thinks today. To just cut things off because they don't feel good. To just walk out because things are getting tense. You know, serving people isn't always fun. Do you know that? And all my leaders in the house said, whoo, whoo. I told you guys about my church experience. Welcoming somebody to church a couple years ago. I was a greeter. Somebody walked in. I was like, welcome to church. And they're like, get out of my face, bro. I was like, eh. Yo, I'm doing this for the Lord. Boy, you, come, you, got me, you must got me bent right now. Like, you don't know where I came from, bro. Like, what, boy, well, come back. We're going to try this again. Can you walk back out, please? Serving people isn't always fun. What am I trying to Serving people doesn't always feel good. Did you think Jesus felt good on the cross dying for your sins? But you know who feels good? You do right now because that grace and mercy is over you today. And that blood that was shed 2,000 years ago is still for you. Thank God he's a God of servanthood. But this is what we do. We cut things off. We think the world's revolved around us. Did you know this? So a while ago, uh, the greatest thinkers of the day. I got a picture. The greatest thinkers of the day, the greatest people uh, that philosophers and, and, and just astronomers, they came up with this idea. You can throw the picture up. It's called the geocentric model of the universe. They came up with this idea that the entire universe revolved around the earth. Literally. We looked at the stars. We looked at the sun and the moon. It's the, the greatest thinkers. This is before, like, cameras can go out into the universe and before, like, you know, modern technology. No, we thought that the entire universe revolved around us. It's the best we can come up with. That the entire universe, isn't that so self-centered? Anybody? Because today in our lives, in our worlds, the whole world revolves around us. Until modern science comes around, until technology comes around, studying, reasoning, thinking, as mankind began to mature, we come to understand, no, in our galaxy, which is miles and miles away from a cluster of other galaxies and black holes, but in our specific galaxy, everything actually, watch this, revolves around the sun. It's not around us. It's around the sun. And listen, today, the world still thinks internally. And the way we live our lives, the way social media is painting our lives, is to you make, to make every decision based on yourself. When Jesus comes in and says no, and God the Father says no, it's not about you. It's about my son. That's what the whole universe wraps around. It's my S-O-N, son. But... What's funny is, is that as we begin to mature as mankind and, we, and modern science tells us, no, we're not the center of the universe. We're not the center of our galaxy. The sun is the center of the galaxy. Why did we get there? Because we actually matured. Here's my next idea. Self-centeredness is a sign of immaturity. When the whole world revolves around you, when everything in your life revolves around you, when your relationships die or survive based on you, when, when, when family ties die or survive because of you, you'll find yourself in a very shallow and immature place in life. Self-centeredness is a sign of immaturity. You know how I know that? Because I've been around babies. You've been around babies and little jits? You've been around them long enough to give them a toy and they're like, their favorite word, Mine. You're like, no, honey, I paid 570 at five below. They jipped me. That's not yours. I gave it to you. My! This is my money. This is my bottle. No, honey. <laughs> That's mine. And you grow older, and then your parents are like, no, this isn't your house. This is my house. And then all of us at some point are like, I'm going to run away. <laughs> because this is supposed to be mine. You're like, no, honey, it's mine. You know when your parent confronted you one day? You're like, that's it. I'm running away. <laughs> the best thing I could come with is packing my little bag, putting a toy in there, just, just in case for fun. You know, you got to have fun on the streets. <laughs> Brought a DVD, no TV, no electricity, just got the DVD. 
or the VHS tape. Some of us are that old. And, and I watched I watch VHS Power Rangers every single day. I didn't know it was the same episode, though. My mom didn't, we didn't have all the, it was just the same episode every time. <laughs> It'd be like that. And we think everything's ours. And then the gospel comes around and God's like, hey, everything is from me. It's for me to you. Everything you have, your ability to think, your job, your family, everything you have is from me. So when we think it's ours and we're self-centered and like, God, I don't want to give you my money, my money. God's like, your money? God, I don't want to give you my time, my time. God's like, your time? I spoke existence out of my mouth. From my mouth comes space, time, and matter. Modern scientists believe there was a beginning point to our universe. That space, time, and matter has a beginning point. And then they come up with a theory called the Big Bang Theory. Listen, that's the moment that God speaks everything into existence. You got time? I gave you time. You don't want to come to church? I gave you the ability to choose to come to church or not. You don't want to tithe? I gave you the ability to think, to reason, to work. This, is, this life isn't yours. It's actually mine. You're on borrowed breath. So when we think our lives is about us and our universe is about us and everything we're doing is about us, I hope tonight speaks to you that God says go be great, but go serve and let go and give. Next idea, through immature eyes, serving is losing, but in God's eyes, serving is greatness. Through eyes of immaturity, serving is losing. You really want me to tithe? I can't afford to tithe. No, 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 I can't afford not to tithe. I need God's blessing and favor even in my finances, not only in my relationships and in my, my prayer life. I need God to bless my giving. I'm not, this isn't my money. God, this is your money. And I love talking about money. You know why? Because it has to do with the heart. And listen, God doesn't want your church clothes, your church attendance. God doesn't want your Instagram bio. God wants your heart. And from your heart, everything is going to flow. Did you know the Bible says that? Out of the mouth, the heart speaks. Everything you do comes from the heart. Every motion you feel, every, everything you've ever been through is, is from your heart that it comes out. And serving begins in the heart. So really, when I'm talking about go be great, I'm talking about serving because greatness is serving. But I'm really saying have a great heart. Because if you have a great heart, you have a heart of service and service is being great. So go be great means get a good heart because service begins at the heart. You want to know how I know that? Because you can be in a relationship when someone acts like they're serving and they can do all the right things and say the right things, but because their heart is not in it, it just feels weird. Someone can say the right things, but when it's, when it's out of the right heart, it can be uncomfortable. I can be preaching to you tonight, and if I didn't have the right heart, it would just be words hitting your head. You guys follow me tonight? It's not about only service, it's about the heart because out of the heart flows real serving. Serving starts at the heart. Galatians 5.13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. You guys remember last week, flesh and spirit? You guys remember that? Flesh and spirit, don't use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. I love how Paul, you notice two back-to-back weeks in Galatians. I love how Paul says to serve one another, you got to do it humbly and you got to do it in love. You got to do it with love. Because serving without love is just fake. Anybody been there before? Can I get a hand up if you've been there before? Someone just served. Like you had a waiter that was just dying to clock out. You're like, bruh. I'm trying to tip you, girl. What you mean? Bring that breadsticks back out. What you don't know is half my stomach is going to be filled with breadsticks by the time I leave tonight. That's what you don't know. I love this. Serve one another humbly. I'm sorry. You can go back to Galatians. Serve one another humbly in love. So listen, before you guys got here, we did a huddle right here with all of our leaders tonight. All the people who decided to serve you tonight. Whether through lights, through cameras, through action, through, uh, sorry, how to do that, uh, through worship, through people giving you a seat, people in the lobby, people welcoming you. We meet here and we remind ourselves that we don't have to do this, we get to do this. Because the only way to serve correctly in love is to do it with a humble heart. 
is to do it with a humble heart. What am I trying to say? Next point. Serving is hard work and it's heart work. Serving is hard work. People are going to step on your toes. That's like, when, that's like when you ask God to be a bridge and you feel like quitting ministry because people are stepping on you. It's like, wait a minute. That's how we say, God, use me. And then you're meeting with your leader. I feel like quitting. Why? Because I'm being used. You're using me. Listen, y'all, it's hard work. It's hard work. Next Tuesday, if I have the best Tuesday ever, I still got to be here and preach to you. You know that? And I'm, 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 I'm humble enough, right? That even sounds weird. I'm authentic enough to be like, hey, y'all, I had a bad day today, but isn't God still good? I, I, I don't care. Like, I'll tell you, like, yeah, this week sucked. It was a bad week, but God is still good. So can we lift up praises? Can we lift up shout? Can we bless the name of the Lord? Because I know life is hard. God is good. And there's people in here that they serve wounded. I call it like this, wounded healers. That as, we, as God uses our hands, how humble, how humble does it make us, right, that I don't bring the healing, but God brings the healing through me. But even though I'm helping delivering healing to someone, even though Natasha is helping us into one last worship and the drummer and all of us are serving and leading people in the worship and people are welcoming you in with a smile. Although we're leading, you know, the gospel to you and leading love into you, who's to say that we're not wounded as God is using us to bring healing? Who's to say, no, serving is hard work, but we stay in it because it's also hard work. We stick it out because it's about the heart. Out of the heart, everything flows. Here's the big question. That's the importance of how to serve, uh, of why do we serve. The question is how do I serve? Anybody asking that question? I don't know about you, but I like practical sermons, right, where you don't leave with just good ideas. You're like, yes, I got something to do tomorrow. I got something to do next week. I got something to sign up for. How do I serve? We have two ways of serving in this church. There are two ways you can serve in this church. And we didn't just like, you know, sit in a room and come up with this. We look at the Bible and the early church and what are ways people served. And we come up with two big areas of how to serve. Number one, you can serve others in groups. If you love your hope group, can you make some noise in the room today? I believe uh, Cherry, we got like one more week of groups, right? Then we take a little bit of a break. We pray all of our group leaders so they don't quit. And then we launch again. <laughs> So we're going we're this is our last week of groups, and we're going to take a week off, and then we're going to do, like, an intercession and, like, a demon casting out conference for all of our group leaders. Not because we filter demons, because they've been battling with demons for, like, eight weeks straight. <laughs> it's a church joke. I'm sorry you don't think it's funny. Um, how do I serve somebody in a group? I'm just showing up to Starbucks, and we're just talking about the sermon, and we're hanging out. You know how you do that? By uplifting somebody in prayer. Because what you didn't know that you showing up to group is the only showing up that those people have in their life. Their dad don't show up. Their mom don't show up. Their cousins don't show up. Their friends don't show up. No one shows up but you every single week at that hope group. And you're there not as perfect people. But hey, yes, girl, I will pray for you. Yes, bro, you still watch. I'll pray for you. Yeah, bro, you're still going to. I will pray for you. Because I'm not just the Christ follower. I'm a servant in this kingdom. And I don't just follow Christ, but along with following Christ, I'm serving others, like it says in Galatians, humbly in love. In your hope group, are you only praying for yourself or are you praying for the people in your hope group? In your group, are you the only one talking or are you actually opening an ear to hear people? You know we have two ears, one mouth, right? I remember my teachers say that to me. It's hitting me now that I'm in passion. Because a lot of people want to meet me and all they want to do is this, but, but God wants to speak to you too. And in your hope group, it's not for you to grab the mic and practice preaching. It's for actually to open up your heart and listen to the people around you. And say, hey, I'm not only here to pour in, I'm, 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 I'm here to hear some people out. How can I serve in a group? Not only praying for people, showing up, but hearing people, taking your eyes off of your universe and looking at someone else's world. Look at someone else's world. It's not only for you to just be in a group. It's also, you know what groups are meant for? Like, groups are fun. We hang out, right? Like, we chill. Like, like you know, my group, we hang up Thursday mornings at 9.30. Hey, Susan's Corsair Cafe, you know, it's a shameless plug. But we sip coffee. I eat a croissant. I eat a bacon, egg, and cheese on a croissant. Y'all cross my legs. We just chill. But you know why I do that? So I could also show up in somebody's life. 
show up. And so I'm there to celebrate you. Hey, man, congratulations on the graduation. Hey, man, congratulations on your engagement. Hey, man, I'm here for you, although your brother just passed away. Hey, man, I'm here for you and I'm praying for you. This is what serving others in groups looks like because it's getting your eyes off of yourself. I'm not the center of the universe. I'm actually here to be great, and greatness is serving. And in my church, I need to be in a group so I can serve others. One where we can serve. Anybody love their hope group? Come on. In the hope group, you care for one another. You serve one another. Some of you guys in here, you've been praying to start a group. Listen, start a hope group. Just do it. You don't got to have Bible Institute under your belt. You just got to be a good person. Is, that, is it that hard? Because, listen, you got friends already in your life. You could lead a group. You know how to hold conversations. You know how to hear people out. And, and this is God's sign. Anyone who's waiting for a sign to lead a group, this is your, this is your sign. <laughs> What's another way to serve in our church? Serve others in groups. Another way is to serve others in teams. In teams. Where are my active leadership on Tuesday nights? Where are you? Make some noise in the house tonight. Woo, we're tired. We have our media team. Let's go. That screens, lights, sound, stage. Someone's like on team to bring this podium up. Like they're here to give mics. They, you know, they wipe the mics down. Come on, thank God for our media team, right? Because these things be the smelliest things in church sometimes. But because of these people, I mean, there's a good wipe down and here and there's a water and it's like here and it's like. And like when you, if you're from the world, you're like, yeah, that guy's weird. Like this guy, no, no, no. He's great in the eyes of the Lord. He is serving some other people. Without that guy, it's a lot harder to do what we're doing. Without people, without this. But because there's somebody in the board, we have our meet. Listen, uh, Will, can you run up? Staff, you get me ready. Make some noise for Willie. Run up here. Staff, get ready to jump up on this platform. Just get ready to jump up here. With tonight's ministry expo, you got, you got bunked. This is my fly cousin right here, Avery Willie Somerville. Ladies, he's not single. Stop. He's taken. His girlfriend serves on his team. Look at that. That's recruiting right there. That is recruitment. <laughs> you want a date right yet? You're going to be on screens next week, all right? <laughs> he serves a media team. Uh, there's a young adult here. He came up to me uh, after two weeks ago. I mean, he came up to me with so much passion. And I loved how this conversation ended. He goes, okay, pastor, so where do you need me to serve? Where do you want me? I'll go. I'll do anything. I'll go anywhere. I don't know that much. And listen, tonight he's training in the media, in the media team. He's in training tonight. He's shadowing. He's learning. Oh, and I'm not going to say his name. He probably, he's probably going to hate it, but. He goes, and I got to call my boss tonight because if he can't give me Sunday and Tuesday nights off, I'm going to have to move from full-time to part-time. I was like, bro, wait, wait a minute. We're going to meet in the lobby after church. Don't quit your job. Don't quit your job. Don't quit your job. Have a comment. We talked it out. He talked it out with his boss and praise the Lord. He's able to still keep a full-time job and be here Sundays and Tuesdays. <laughs> I'm like, bro, don't quit your job. Come here, come here. Let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. Let's figure it out. He's like, bro, if anything, I'll do it. I don't care. If they told me I can't come to church. I don't care. I was like, yes. You got a good heart. You know how many people come to our church like, yeah, yeah, pastor, I'll serve anywhere. I'll, I'll, I'll do anything. They never signed up for anything. Never showed up for squat diddly do. So I'm saying this for because Will's up here. He runs all the technical stuff. And this is the guy to talk to to get a part of our media team. I want to talk about. Um, worship team. Natalia couldn't be here tonight. But Beverly, can you run up here real quick? Can you make some noise for Beverly? Come on, run up here. Get Steph, uh, Natasha, get ready. Everyone can just get ready because I'm going to call on you, all right? You can start, you can start scooting up. So this is uh, Beverly. She helps Natalia with worship. Natalia couldn't be here tonight. Her throat's gone. Um, she's such a servant. She serves Sundays too. So she doesn't just serve Tuesday because we're not a Tuesday church. We're a Sunday church with a Tuesday night ministry. And we have young adults that say, hey, I'm not just going to serve on young adult night. I'm going to show up on Sunday and I'm available to be here Sunday. Beverly is uh, this right hand to Natalia. And you're just, who loves when Beverly sings and just leads worship? Incredible. Bless the Lord. Worship team. Some of y'all got great voices. I dare you to give it to God. 
Some of y'all could play the drums. I'm a drummer. Hello. Man, get on the kit, man. We'll train you. We'll walk with you, man. Some of y'all could, you could, you could play bass. We're not the type of band. Yeah, I told this to someone earlier today. I think I was, I was talking to Ash today. Um, I was like, isn't it funny, like, secular bands never grow? They just lose band members, right? Oh, we lost our bass player. He quit. Or, like, Jonas Brothers, right? We just all split up. But the band in church is ever-expanding. The worship team in church, we're always open. We're always welcoming people. Come in and bring your gifts into the church. Talk to her tonight if you want to join um, our worship team. We have our creative team. Stephanie, can you make your way up? I t- you had a long walk. I told you to get ready, girl. She's so awesome. She's, she's incredible. I'm going to have to put her on top of a chair after service for you to find her. <laughs> she's the best. Yo, we meet every week on Wednesday nights, our team, our staff team. And we, we talk about service. Hey, what are ways we could have done better? What are ways we could have gone to the next level? Hey, she runs everything. I mean, if you like a photographer, if you got a nice Instagram feed, if you're the type of person that you're really about, like, that Instagram aesthetic, please talk to her. There's a way we can use your gifting. Anybody like Instagram aesthetics? Or you just post whatever. I, I got a wife. You know, hey, this picture doesn't match the last picture I just posted. I'm like, wait, what? I can't post this one right now because it's not matching the colors of the post that I just put up. I'm like, wait, what? Think about that. Yeah, this is a, it's the second post. I got to wait on the third post because it's three, so I got to wait for the next. Wow. Yo, if you think that way, I'm telling you, you make graphics, photography, videography, video editing. Stephanie's your girl. She runs our MBYA account. How many of you love our MBYA account? She runs it. She makes graphics. I, you know, serve in groups, and you can also serve in a team. Uh, I have a couple more people. I'm going to bring up Kiara. Kiara, can you make your way up here one time? Kiara! She runs hospitality. Listen, when you got here, somebody sat you, somebody welcomed you, somebody greeted you. That's Kiara's team. So for those of you guys like, I suck at cameras, I, I can't sing, I'm, I suck at technical, can you hold the door open? <laughs> What's your excuse? There's no excuse. I can't be in a group. I don't got time for a group. Okay, you're here already on Tuesdays. Can you hold the door open? Can, can you lead someone to a seat? Can you give a nice fist bump? COVID is crazy these days. Put a glove on. Michael Jackson left hand glove that day. You know what I'm saying? What's up? Touch. And then we have our connections team. I'm going to invite my wifey up one time. Wifey, come on up. Let's go. a bad one. Y'all better stop. That's wifey. That's wife. She's going to be at the lobby connecting people to Omni Conference. If you want to get baptized October 3rd, she's ready to sign you up with the team in the back. If you want to join Next Steps, Next Steps. So everyone that ends up on the team goes through Next Steps. What do we believe? Who we are? How do we function? Like literally, what's your, what are your giftings? These are all the ministries. And I have Dale. Dale, you could just stand up. He's my experience director. So if, uh, wave at everybody. He's who I have next up to run YA. I love you, man. Um, he's next in line. Uh, here's the thing. So if you're, like, really critical, like, those words were slow today. Like, oh, my God, it was way too hot. Like, if you're, like, very critical, please join his team because um, that's his job. He, go, he checks the whole experience, and um, he, he, he meets with us and tells us what we need to tighten up on. Uh, one more time for my entire staff. Come on. Thank you so much. You make your way. Michael. And uh, Natasha runs our altar ministry, uh, but that ministry you can't really sign up for. It's kind of like recruiting only. Um, serve others in teams. So there's a team that leads teams. This is organization. We're not just coming in here and make sure you feel fire and you run out of here. No, no, no. You have giftings, church. And my heart for you is for you, not for you to be happy, for you to be fulfilled. For you to be fulfilled. And tonight, if you want to connect to any of these teams, you want to serve others, you, you want to join, you want to join a team, I'm going to ask for uh, the keys and band to come up. I'm going to start landing the plane tonight. Why is he talking about serving? Because I'm talking about greatness. Why is he talking about groups and things I got to do? Because I'm talking about greatness. The Bible says faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. 
Faith without works is death. Matthew 20, 28 says this. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You know why we're Christians? Christians, that phrase, that word, it actually comes from these words that they named the people that would follow Jesus. Followers of the way, Christ-like, followers of the way, Christians, we follow Jesus. Jesus is our example. Jesus is our leader. I'm not here to follow a pastor. I'm letting you know you don't need me. I'm letting you know you don't need me. I'm letting you know you don't need me. You need Jesus. I heard a pastor say this. I laughed. This is like totally ruining my job security. You don't need me. You need Jesus. You need each other. You need a group. You need a team to be great. You don't need me. You need Jesus. We follow Jesus. Paul, in the middle of like a church quarrel, they were like, oh, I like Apollos. Oh, I like Paul. And the church was split on who's the better speaker and who's the better leader in the church. And Paul's like, yo, you guys are dumb. Follow me as I follow Christ. It's not about me. If one day I take the wrong turn and boom, a train comes by, your whole faith is gone because I'm not preaching anymore. Are you serious? Are you not mature in the word? It's only Jesus by him, to him, from him, and everything for him. It's not about a leader. It's not about the pastor. It's about Jesus. And Jesus says, I didn't come to serve. Rather, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Imagine God shows up. And a virgin in a manger grows up, washes his disciples' feet. It's, it's, a, it's not a coincidence why so many people didn't believe him to be God. What king would wash his disciples' feet? What king would die on a cross? No, this is, this is a king from a different type of kingdom. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve. My next point is that our example is Jesus who came to serve. That's our example. Your example isn't me. <laughs> Growing up, I thought my example was the preacher. I was so just wrong until, until you got humbled one day. Remember the day you got humbled in church? Ouch. No, no, no. My example is Jesus. I follow Jesus. I'm grateful for my pastors. I'm grateful for my leaders. They're human beings. I don't worship human beings. I worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. I worship the only human that rose up on the third day after they died. And he's not a human. He's actually God in man. He's our example. And you know when we pray? You know when we pray? You know what things we say? You ever pray this? I want to be like Jesus. You ever prayed that before? Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I just want to be like you. I just want to be like you. I want to represent you on earth. I want to be used. I want to be like you. I want to be like you. And Jesus is like, okay, I died for everybody. What are you going to do? I came to serve. You're saying I want to be like Jesus. And the moment an opportunity opens up to serve someone, no, 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 no. That's not, I don't think that's what God's calling me to do. What? You said, I want to be like Jesus. Jesus was with the people. He prayed to people. He laid hands. He performed miracles. He ended up on a cross on Calvary. He was being whipped. God and man took whips for us. Bloody death. Wasn't like a gunshot to the head. You know, that's a quick death. Boom, done. No, no, no. God sent his son who not only after he got whipped carried the cross to Calvary. One of the most excruciating deaths. Like, like death by the cross and crucifixion was invented to be terrible. You literally hung there until your blood drowned your insides. And just to check if he was dead, they stuck a spear in him and he didn't even flinch. I came to serve man and so many people are saying they want to be like me. But do you really want to be like me though? 
Because your whole life is revolved around you. You don't go to a group. You show up to church saying, God, what do you have for me? How are you going to step into my world? How are you going to affect my universe? And God's like, I've called you not to be your own king in your own kingdom, but I've called you to be a servant and to lay your life down. And it's going to suck sometimes. And it's going to be hard. But listen, your reward may not even come on earth. But I promise you, the reward is coming in heaven when every tear will be wiped away all pain will be gone God says I have mansions and paradise prepared for those who love me we say I want to be like Jesus we also say this God do something new in me you ever prayed that before God do something new Woo, my favorite song Jesus make new wine out of me make new wine Jesus do something new most of the time when Jesus wants to do something new in you he presents something new for you to serve most of the time, uh, answered prayer to this is when God sends you someone that needs encouragement. Most of the time, when, 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 when you pray this, God answers this by giving you an opportunity to serve within the local church. So you want me to do something new in you? I dare you to serve somebody. I dare you to serve somebody new. Do you want to be great or are you just comfortable with your potential? Because God is saying new birth. We're going to reach people from the north, the south, the east, and the west. This has been the prophetic word over our church for two years. Here's my question. I know the harvest is ready, but what about the laborers? Do you want to be great new birth? Oh, or do you want to just be comfortable with your potential? I remember being in school, my parent-teacher meetings. <laughs> you guys remember those? Just so, like, weird. Like, mom that I love, teacher that I hate, I'm in the middle. They're like, looking at her and you're like, <laughs> sitting in a meeting. And you know what all my teachers told my mom? John's disruptive. He's a class clown. He's terrible. I, I would hold him back if I could, but I can't. You know why I can't? Because he has so much potential. When he puts his mind on something, he gets it done. When the group needs a leader, they just vote him as a leader. It's just, he's got something, he's just, he's got so much potential. And I could be cool with that, but at one point, potential goes so far. Do I have any Christians in here? Listen, I don't want you to die with a bunch of potential. I don't want you to go to heaven with songs that you were supposed to write for the local church. I don't want you to go to heaven with people and opportunities that you were supposed to let go of. I don't want, to go, I don't want you to go to heaven with things. The richest place in the world is not the bank, it's the grave of all the ideas and things that are supposed to be started in birth that people went to the grave with that never did it. Here's my question. Are you okay being comfortable with your potential or do you actually want to serve people? It's, it's like a seed. Can we, can we bring that up? It's like a seed. This is Joe Bell, a part of our stagehands team, a part of the media team. Make some noise for the servant of the Lord. Thank you so much. This is you. This is your gifting, your calling. This is your availability. And, and this, is, this is the people and the places that God's calling you to be a part of. And, and every Tuesday night, people come here and they plant seeds. And they come here and they plant seeds. Listen, don't be greedy with your seeds. Don't eat your seeds. Plant your seeds. How many of you guys believe that the church of Jesus is fertile ground to plant your seeds? How many of you guys believe we're part of an unshakable kingdom? Jesus says, the gates of hell will not prevail against this soil. This is good soil to give to. God's giving you jobs. God's giving you a spirit of, of, of business and entrepreneurial giftings. And listen, pour your seeds into the church. I promise God wants to use businessmen to launch and branch out the local church. God wants to use your giftings. Plant. I'm not okay with just being a seed. You see, if I throw seeds here and the sun comes and rain comes, I'd be a fool to come back in two years and expect to plant. Why? Because it's not in soil. It's not in soil. I, I need to take the seeds that God's given me and plant it in soil. 
people. You know why most people don't like to serve other people? And the reason why we're kind of intimidated by whole, the Jesus thing? Well, my next idea. Because to step into your potential, you've got to be willing to get messy. My hands are dirty right now. I'm not going to grab the mic with this hand. It's messy. Opening a hope group is messy. Oh, you telling me. In 2015, my family and I were serving at a lot, the largest Spanish church in like the world almost. Just kidding, in the U.S. And man, we were so comfortable. But then God told us to plant new seeds in Kissimmee, Florida in 2015. And my dad met with us. He said, hey, y'all, so I'm getting paid by this church. Uh, 20 years at this church, and we have one of the largest churches, so I have a you know, pretty comfortable income for Florida. But now they're about to launch New Birth Church in Kissimmee. I don't have a job. I'm going to have to pick up a job as a chapel campus pastor in Pointiana. And my family met together. And my dad's like, hey, we're not going to be able to go out and eat. We're probably not going to be able to cut the grass. We're going to hope HOA just gives us a, a pass. And I remember my family getting ready to suffer for leaving a comfortable place. We were good. I'm telling you, we were, we were chilling. I was serving under the greatest youth pastor ever. I mean, I was the creative director. I mean, I was, you know, just met my wife at the time. We were just dating. I'm like, yes, I can't wait to be. I'm already hired by the church. It's going to be great. Wait, what? We're going to plan a church? It's different coming from a church with over 100 employees to there's no employees. It's different when everything's set at a place. Five, my last service at the, my last youth ministry, 500 middle schoolers and high schoolers. The last night I was a part of 100 salvations on one night. And now I got to be the youth pastor? Are you kidding me? You guys know my story. I said no. <laughs> I was like, nope. No, no, no. Because, because it, it gets messy. It gets messy. And, and, and it's, and it's going to be tough. And here's the soil. And we're planting and we're planting and we're planting and we're meeting and we're believing in people. And people walk out. And listen, I'm not going to let the mess stop me from continuously planting seeds. I'm not going to let it stop me. Because my job isn't to grow these seeds. My job is to plant it. Sun, the sunlight doesn't come for me. If you plant in here, you know you can't control sunlight. You can just put this in the right position for sun to hit it. You can't control the rain. I wish I can control the rain so my grass wouldn't be crazy right now. But I can't control it. The rain, the storms, the sunlight only comes from God. I'm only in charge of planting seeds. I'm only in charge of being obedient. Will every seed grow? Some leave. And they repot themselves into a different church. That's fine. But my job isn't to grow a big church. My job is to be faithful. My job isn't so that everyone will love me. My job is to be faithful. Earlier this year, I questioned everything. I was going through a process of restoration. And I questioned everything. I said, God, do you still want me to plant seeds in this way? I could do it in a bunch of different ways. But God, is it, is it really here and is it really this? Six months of just people praying for me, me praying, me crying. Closest I've ever gotten to Jesus in my entire life. And I came to this place, am I going to keep doing this? And I'm telling you right now, I tell my staff, this: the only reason I'm here today, the only reason I'm here today is because God wants me here. Plant seeds. If God didn't confirm me months ago, I wouldn't be here tonight. I wouldn't be here tonight. But God told me, I want you here and keep planting seeds. It's going to get messy. It's going to get messy. It's going to get messy. Here's my next idea. It's going to get messy, but your mess will become your message. It's going to get messy. And it's going to feel like giving up. You're going to feel like not going to a group. You're going to feel like not serving anymore. And, and sometimes you go back to the old days when everyone served you and you were at the table. But God says, no, I'm not calling you to be mediocre. I'm calling you to be great. I'm calling you to be great. And the greatest among you are the servants. The greatest among you are the servants. I'm asking the worship team to come up. We can start playing.
we start singing. But before we stand up, would you close your eyes right where you're at? Would you close your eyes? Two places you serve in our church. It's in groups or it's in teams. Groups or teams. Are you ready to do this? We want you. We're waiting for you. I know not all of us can be in a team. But, man, we got groups and we're ready to sign up. There's one more week of groups. Then we take a break. Then we jump into more groups in a different season. But, man, I'm encouraging you tonight. Greatness is not what the world says it is. Keep your head back. Keep your eye closed. If you were to leave earth today, if you were to leave earth today, the Bible says, you know what Jesus says to you when he welcomes you home? Do you know the words that comes out of Jesus' mouth? You know he doesn't say, thank you for going to new birth. Oh, you were just a great church attender. No, he didn't say that. You know what Jesus says when you meet him face to face and you leave this earth? Oh, thank God that you did that thing. Oh, wow. You got a cross tattooed on your leg. Come on in. You know what the Bible says that Jesus says at the end of time? At the end of your time? He says, he says, welcome home, my good and faithful servant. Come with me into eternity. Come with me into eternity. Come with me into eternity. With your head bowed, would you just stand up right where you're at? Stand up right where you're at. Look at me real quick. Look at me real quick. I'm sorry. I know I'm telling you to do a lot of things. If you used to serve and you used to be in a group, this is your sign to get back into it. This is, this is greatness. God says, go be great. He didn't say, go be regular. Go be comfortable. Go, go be okay with your potential. No, God says, go be great. Be great. Be great. Go serve. Go serve. And listen, if you're in a group already, I'm going to encourage you, be humble. Your hope group is not a gossip group. You know how we serve others in groups? We lift them up. You know how you tear people down in groups? By talking bad about them. Oh, man, I like my group, man. They just, they're weird. No, no, find a new group. But are you dividing the church or are you uniting the church? Oh, man, I know there's a thought in my group. Oh, whoa, 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 hey, hey, hey. That's, that's not the group we're trying to lead. I know you came from that type of church, but we're trying to lead a new type of church. Stop judging people that God's calling you to lift up. Stop stomping on people that God's calling you to raise up. Oh, no, I can't be in that group. He's thirsty. Hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> are you serving or are you putting people down? No, no, no. We're going to serve in our group. So if you're in a group, man, I dare you to go deeper with people. Believe the best in people. Give somebody the benefit of the doubt. Treat others how you want to be treated. And if you're in a team, man, continue to serve. Don't be jealous because someone's in, you know, on the microphone and you're seating people. The Bible says the body of Christ is many parts. Some are visible. Some are invisible. But, man, all make up the body. So, yeah, like the face is visible. But the unseen ministries, like media, like you guys didn't even know Gracie was probably until we brought her up because she's always in the back. And Willie's ministry and some other ministry, praying ministry, you guys don't see them. And I don't know about you, but some organs, although they're unseen, without my organs, I would not be standing up here today. So, yeah, there's many parts and some are visible and some are invisible. But, man, we all make the body, y'all. And if you haven't been serving in a long time, you haven't been in a group in a long time, I'm telling you, don't just be filled with potential. I dare you to be great. I dare you to be great.